Sheila Weidendorf. What a friend we have in Jesus. Good morning. It's Trinity Sunday. Song to start with called Doubters. Doubters. There were some in the Bible by Linnea Good. Thomas was a doubter, a questioner was he. He said, I know it's Jesus when the wounds I see. She wasn't hesitating, his heart was simply waiting and not precipitating to an answer. Can you believe in something you can't see? Our mind is made up when it's ready to be. Believing can be easy, but faith is slow. It takes a lot of doubting for her faith to grow. Nicodemus was a doubter, a questioner was he. He said, I can be born again, it's clear to me. He wasn't hesitating, his heart was simply waiting and not precipitating to an answer. Can you believe in something you can't see? Our mind is made up when it's ready to be. Believing may be easy, but faith is slow. It takes a lot of doubting for our faith to grow. By the book, well, there was a doubter, a questioner was she. She said, if you're a prophet, give some answers to me. She wasn't hesitating, her heart was simply waiting and not precipitating to an answer. Can you believe in something you can't see? Our mind is made up when it's ready to be. Believing may be easy, but faith is slow. It takes a lot of doubting for our faith to grow. Now Mary was a doubter, a questioner was she. She said, if you've his body, give it back to me. She wasn't hesitating, her heart was simply waiting and not precipitating to an answer. Can you believe in something you can't see? Her mind is made up when it's ready to be. Believing may be easy, but faith is slow. It takes a lot of doubting, it takes a lot of doubting, it takes a lot of doubting for our faith to grow. Sheila, Ron, and Carl, thank you. Uh, jazzy start to the morning, and it's right with the theme of the morning. Uh, welcome to all of you. Uh, section one over there, call your friends next week, get them to come with you. Section two, not too bad. Section three, call your friends. Welcome to all those who are visiting with us online, worshiping with us this morning. We're honored by your presence, and for those who are visiting with us this morning, we're honored to have you with us as well. Um, it's good that we're here. The order of service is printed in your bulletin. Uh, everything will be projected for you as well. So if it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now a word God speaks to us and we speak to each other. It's a kind of a theme of ours. Mine is a church where everybody's welcome. continue with our litany today, responsive reading. Either all are welcome, either all are welcome, all are welcome in God's house, all are welcome in God's house, 
doubters and skeptics, young and old, gay or straight, everyone equal. Our hymn of praise is a prayer, really. Lord, let my heart be good soil. be with you. Let us pray. Good soil, good seed, good news from a gracious God. Send your Holy Spirit to dwell with us and to inspire us. Give us a faith to overcome our doubt and fear. Give us the courage and strength to be your hands and feet in a world that needs the followers of Jesus to be the followers of Jesus. We pray in the name of the one who ate with sinners, washed the feet of betrayers, and offered forgiveness and new life to all. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. The first lesson this morning is Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of the death, and my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. 
but I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. The word of the Lord. So whether we are um, hunkered down in a bunker in Ukraine or in a classroom where there's trouble or we're doubting our faith because our we have a loved one who is in peril or a marriage is falling apart, there is doubt, there is worry, there, is, there are times in our lives that are difficult and um, we all need a place of sanctuary. Our friend Carrie Newcomer has written a song called Sanctuary. Um, finding out where your sanctuary is. Will you be my refuge, my haven in the storm? Will you keep the embers warm when my fire's all but gone? Will you remember, bring me sprigs of rosemary, be my sanctuary till I can carry on, carry on, carry on. This one knocked me to the ground, this one dropped me to my knees, should have seen it coming. But it surprised me. Will you be my refuge, my haven in the storm? Will you keep the embers warm when my fire's all but gone? Will you remember? Bring me sprigs of rosemary, be my sanctuary. Till I can carry on, carry on, carry on. In a state of true believers, on streets called us and them, it's gonna take some time till the world feels safe again. Will you be my refuge, my haven in the storm? Will you keep the embers warm when my fire's all but gone? Will you remember? Bring me sprigs of rosemary, be my sanctuary, till I can carry on, carry on, carry on. here in this chapel or in a circle of friends a quiet grove of trees or between two bookends 
Will you be my refuge, my haven in the storm? Will you keep the embers warm till my fire's almost gone? Will you remember? Bring me sprigs of rosemary, be my sanctuary till I can carry on, carry on. Carry on, carry on. Beautiful, Carl, thank you. <clears throat> Ron, not the kind of song you clap after hearing exactly, but very uh, thoughtful, thank you found myself in court a few weeks ago. It was not my first time in court. I've been in the halls of justice many times in the past 36 years. Mostly I've been present to offer support to those who are accused of crimes or to those who've been victims of crimes or as a character witness in messy custody battles. And then there was the time that I appeared in court to plead guilty on behalf of the church after someone, not me, parked our church van in the handicapped spot of our own parking lot. <laughs> the judge accepted my guilty plea, found us guilty, and waived the $200 fine. In the second week of May, I was a member of a jury pool at the Island County Superior Court I don't know if uh, Judge Cliff knew I was going to mention this today because she's usually there, <laughs> but she's not today. And as usual, when you get these summons to appear, uh, the timing was not the best for me. It never is, is it? But it's part of our civic duty. If we are to be a nation of law, if we are, have our fellow citizens and they have a right to a jury trial, then we must be willing as individuals uh, to serve on a jury, if called. The jury selection went on and on and on all day long. We watched educational instruction videos for jurors. We were questioned by the prosecution and by the defense. There were lots of interesting interactions and questions that were raised during the day. But, but two questions continue now a month later to echo in my mind. The first sounded something like this. What is your understanding of reasonable doubt? Now think about that for a minute. How would you define reasonable doubt? And there was a follow-up to that first question. Is there a difference between reasonable doubt and beyond the shadow of a doubt? Those questions were asked of us. Now, the second question had to do with our understanding of abiding truth. What is an abiding truth? How would you define that phrase? Are there abiding truths in your life? Both are quite thought-provoking, are they not? Reasonable doubt. What role does doubt play in our lives? How threatened or comfortable are we 
with doubt. And what doubt is reasonable? What doubt is unreasonable? I have reasonable doubt that you'll all stay awake for this sermon. It would be unreasonable after doing this for 36 years to think that you will all stay awake. Reasonable doubt. Let me read a Bible verse for you from the Gospel of Matthew, the 28th and final chapter of the Jesus story in Matthew's Gospel. To set the stage, to offer context for this verse, you should know that the disciples by now had seen it all. Three years earlier, they had been invited by Jesus to follow him. They listened to his teachings and his parables. They witnessed his miracles. They were with him on Palm Sunday. They were with him at the Last Supper. They watched from a distance as he was crucified. Three days later, Jesus had been raised from the dead, and he had appeared, and he had disappeared for weeks. But this time, this last time, would be different. The disciples came together, and the resurrected Jesus was with them. And here's the verse. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Doubted. Was it really Jesus? Could it be a ghost? Has our lack of sleep and grief maybe clouded our minds and perception? Doubt. Reasonable doubt. The Bible contains one story after another of ordinary and amazing humans who were remarkable in their faith, and they were plagued by great doubt. At the same time, They worshipped him, but some doubted. Faith and doubt were both present. Now, when we think of the poster boy for doubt, who do we think of? Oh, yes, old Doubting Thomas. He got a bad rap, that one. Thomas, we are told, was a twin. His faith was remarkable. Legend has it that he took the gospel of Jesus Christ to India before being martyred there in the year 72. He was brave, he was courageous and faithful, but he's not remembered for that, is he? He's primarily remembered for his doubt. He got a bad rap, I'm telling you. Let's be very clear. His faith may have been extraordinary, but his doubt was quite ordinary. Faith and doubt were both present at the same time. Thomas was a twin. I believe that we all have companions on our journey of life, a set of twins that are always with us. The twins are faith and doubt. Did you bring them with you this morning? Did they come with you when you drove in? You see, Thomas did not want to believe the testimony of the other disciples. He wanted to see. He wanted to touch the resurrected body of Jesus. And can we blame him? He didn't want to believe the other disciples. The disciples said they had seen Jesus, but remember, Thomas was a twin. He had often been mistakenly identified as his brother. Thomas doubted until he saw Jesus himself, and then he believed. 
they worshipped him. But some doubted. Faith and doubt, both present at the same time. Did you bring the twins with you this morning? Now, the Bible contains the stories of the heroes of Judaism and Christianity. And what do they all have in common? They walked the tear-stained journey of life with the twins. Faith and doubt always present. They all doubted. It was a part of their DNA as creatures, creatures of limited knowledge and perspective. Adam doubted God. Eve doubted God. Adam and Eve, they doubted each other. Abraham and Sarah doubted God. Job, Elijah, David, Mary, the mother of our Lord, John the Baptist, they all doubted. You see, they all tried to make sense of their lot in life. They tried to make sense of God's movement in a fallen world, and even more so, they tried to make sense of God's silence. And for the most part, they couldn't. They couldn't make sense of God. How does one make sense of a world where the good die young, where scoundrels prosper, and God is sometimes so silent that we are driven to despair? The 20th century saint and role model of faithfulness and humility, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, wrote these words. Jesus has a very special love for you. As for me, the silence and the emptiness is so great that I look and do not see, listen and do not hear. Do you recognize the twins sitting on Mother Teresa's shoulder? Another time, in the darkness of despair and doubt, she wrote these words. I feel just that terrible pain of loss, of God not wanting me, of God not being God, of God not really existing. The twins are always present in every saint and every sinner. And you know, the whole concept of faith presupposes the reality of doubt. Hebrews 11 says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. God's movement is mysterious. God sometimes seems distant. God's inactivity is incomprehensible to us. Why? Why are my good and just prayers left unanswered? Why do children die of cancer? Are you listening? Are you even there? In the book, Man's Search for Meaning, the author and concentration camp survivor Victor Frankl tells how the Jews of Auschwitz put God on trial. In an overcrowded concentration camp where smokestacks carried the remains of their families toward heaven, they put 
God on trial. The arguments were made, the case was presented, the silence of God was noted by all, and the verdict came in. God is guilty. Now let us go and say our prayers to God. That's what they said. That's what Frankel reported. The twins of faith and doubt are always present. They're always present in my life. They sit on each shoulder, one comforting me and one accusing me. What is reasonable doubt? What do I believe beyond a reasonable doubt? The question was asked in court, and as that question was asked, I considered the doubt in my own life. My mind slipped out of the courtroom, and the truth came to dwell with me. I doubt God. I doubt the Christian church. I doubt my bishop. I doubt my spouse sometimes. I doubt my neighbor. I doubt the news. I doubt my memory. And I doubt myself regularly. Reasonable doubt? Beyond the shadow of a doubt? I got to tell you, I have no idea what happens when you die. I have faith, sometimes a strong faith. But does that faith take me to a place beyond the shadow of a doubt? No. I have no idea what happened before I was knit together in my mother's womb. I believe that I came from the mind and the imagination of God, but do I know that beyond the shadow of a doubt? Well, no. Is there life on other planets? Are there other universes out there? Is time travel possible? Will I see my loved ones on the other side? Will Hitler be singing in the heavenly choir when I arrive? Beyond the shadow of a doubt? No. I am only a creature. I'm nothing more than water and dirt. A frightened child. How could I grasp the workings and mysteries of the author of life and the master of creation? What do I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt? There is very little in my life that I absolutely know beyond the shadow of a doubt. So, the twins, they follow me around, always at hand, comforting me and afflicting me at the same time. There's not a day, there's not a day in my life when doubt is not present. So what is reasonable doubt? And if doubt is a part of every human journey, yours and mine, is it dangerous? Should we fear it? I think an honest awareness of doubt is healthy. It's okay to talk about doubt. It is human to doubt ourselves and our God and our loved ones and our politicians. The greatest heroes of the faith spent a fair amount of time shaking their fists towards heaven, puzzled, fragile humans that they were. We should not hide our doubt behind a mask of confidence because that mask will leave us isolated and afraid and insecure. No doubt needs to be understood. It needs to be put in its place. Our doubt will always be present 
But ultimately, our doubt will be overcome. Overcome, not by us, but by God's love. God's love is more powerful than our doubt. I've had people tell me that they don't believe in God. And I tell them, that's okay. You don't need to believe in God. Well, I don't believe in God. That's okay. Because even if you don't believe in God, you know what? God still believes in you. And we cannot change reality by believing something that's outside of reality. If we refuse to believe in gravity, you're still going to fall off for a a ladder. Don't try that at home. You see, doubt is not to be feared, but it must not stop us from living and loving. Oliver Wendell Holmes said, when in doubt, do it. Say it. Go ahead. When in doubt, do it. And Dale Carnegie said, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Get out and get busy. Be aware that you're, of your doubt and your fear. But be aware that they will seek to immobilize you. Your doubt and fear can paralyze you, can isolate you, can leave you sidelined on the journey of life. You know, some, you may know them, you may live with them. They're so afraid of dying that they're really not living. Doubt. Expect it. Name it. Claim it. But don't be threatened by it. You see, your salvation is secure. Your salvation is not dependent on your perfect faith, your Bible memorization, or even your church attendance. No, your salvation is secure. You are a creature safe in the hands of our Creator. The twins, faith and doubt, they travel with us. It's not either or, it's a constant dance with both of them. Reasonable doubt? All doubt is reasonable. All humans wrestle with uncertainty and insecurity. How fragile we are, how we need to be honest with each other. And when you think about the Bible, they could have written it differently. They didn't. It was honest. It was written honestly. They worshipped, and some doubted. Children, frightened children, that's what we are. Simple creatures with only a basic understanding of life and death and reality. We see, the Bible says in a mirror dimly, God has not been fully revealed to us. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the, the conviction of things not seen. Pope Francis is a great theologian. He wrote these words. If one has the answers to all the questions, that is proof that God is not with him. It means that he is a false prophet using religion for himself. The great leaders of the people of God, like Moses, have always left room for doubt. You must leave room for the Lord, not for our certainties. We must be humble. Those beautiful words. 
as we consider our place and our limited understanding, let us be humble. Let us be slow to judge others. Let us be honest with one another about our fears and our doubts. And then let us love. When in doubt, do it. When in doubt, worship. When in doubt, choose love. And that's my abiding belief. That is a belief that can live with me in good times and bad, in seasons of doubt, and in brief moments when my faith is strong. We don't need to understand everything to love. When in doubt, do it. You can spend your whole life building something from nothing. One storm can come and blow it all away. Build it anyway. You can chase a dream that seems so out of reach. And you know it might not ever come your way. Dream it anyway. Well, God is great, but sometimes life ain't good. And when I pray, it doesn't always turn out like I think it should. But I do it anyway. I do it anyway. crazy and it's hard to believe that tomorrow will be better than today believe it anyway you can love someone with all your heart for all the right reasons in a moment they can choose to walk away love them anyway Sometimes life ain't good And when I pray It doesn't always turn out like I think it should But I do it anyway Yeah, I do it anyway
invite you to stand as we lift our hearts to God. Ellen's going to lead us in the prayers. We have a sung response, Change My Heart, O God. We sing that once now and after each petition. Let us pray. pray for all people according to their need. Oh God, we give you thanks for your constant presence in our lives. When we are overwhelmed, let us dare to believe that through you, all things work together for good. Let us move beyond our doubt and be bearers of your hope beyond our wildest imaginings. As we surmount what is insurmountable and do it anyway, let us be partners with you in bringing abundant life to all of your creation. Hear us as we sing. Sustainer, we confess that we do not always heed the wisdom you impart. We turn towards other marks of validation rather than toward you. We remain in awe of our own creation while devouring and decimating yours. Continue to call us, we pray, to always walk in your ways and honor the wideness and beauty of all that is. Hear us as we sing. the arrogance and hatred that infect our hearts, break down the walls that separate us, unite us in bonds of love, and through our struggle and confusion, work to accomplish your purposes on earth. Let us work to heal those places where we have been actively or silently complicit in racist beliefs and practices that harm people of color. Open our hearts and let our character be shaped toward hope and reflect your peace. Hear us as we sing.
gracious God, we all face difficult and trying times. Every person is carrying heavy burdens. Be with all who grieve or endure any illness. Lift us up as we pray. Give us the courage to love. Give us the wisdom to seek reconciliation. Help us to never doubt that your love follows wherever we may go. Hear us as we sing. Into your hands, gracious and loving God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Thank you uh, for sharing in that greeting of peace. After the service, come on over in the gym. Is it cinnamon rolls today? Yeah. <laughs> Fresh cinnamon rolls from Payless, thanks to Faith McBiles and her team over there. Uh, so come on over, uh, get some uh, fresh cinnamon rolls and coffee or diet cookies or whatever you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> share the journey a little bit. It's uh, good to be together, and we have a little extra time now during the summer uh, to do that. Um, Bill and Carolyn Haroldson are celebrating. Uh, they celebrate their 60th wedding anniversary this week. They'll be at the next service, uh, but there's flowers out in the narthex. And I don't know if you know it or not, but they got married on Jan Allen's 30th birthday. That means Jan Allen is 90 this week. And Jan, where are you, Jan? Right here. And we want to sing to you, Jan. Is that okay? We're going to, let's sing to Jan. Let's sing Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday to you. Don and Jan have been in our parish for about 65 years, too, and so we're very thankful for your leadership, and happy birthday, Jan. Uh, Deacon Amy, come on up. Good morning. Good morning. So just a few youth announcements. We are meeting this Wednesday. Our youth are getting together for a service project in the afternoon, and then youth group following that. And then we're looking forward to Vacation Bible School coming up in July. There's flyers and sign-up sheets for students and volunteers and teenagers, all sorts of things. It's a wonderful week, so um, come and see me if you have any questions. And then also in the gym this morning, Esther Isles from Mother Mentors, do you want to give us a wave, Esther, is here. And she's here to teach us about Mother Mentors, just a, a fantastic Woodby Island program pairing experienced mothers with young mothers and um, really, really wonderful program going on. They're looking for volunteers and they're offering services for younger families. So if you'd like to learn more about that, stop at the table in the gym and speak with Esther this morning. Thank you. All right, thank you.
Amy. There's also a sign-up out in the narthex for summer music. Um, talent is a bonus, but a good attitude is all we're looking for. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you can sign up out there and talk to Carl uh, about that as well. And really exciting. This is news, breaking news. We ordered new Trinity T-shirts for the fall. And the good news is I did not design them this time. So uh, look forward to those. We'll have those for you uh, soon. Uh, uh, in a normal year, we have two congregational meetings a year, an annual meeting in the end of January, first week of February, and we have a mid-year meeting to elect church council people and do other business. Uh, so that meeting is today after the 10 o'clock service, right about 11, 11, 10. Uh, but if you're coming back, that's great. And if you're not, the agenda, all of the resolutions, everything is out on the table in the narthex. So we'd encourage you regardless if you take one of those home per family so that you know what's going on, what resolutions, mostly resolutions of Thanksgiving, but also we're voting today uh, as a congregation to come alongside five other South End Christian congregations and three other uh, uh, agencies to build tiny houses and, and uh, in Langley. So it's uh, an exciting time for us to be able to be a part of that project. So pick up that information uh, out in the narthex. Anything else for the good of the order this morning? No? Okay. I would invite you to stand. We continue now with prayer as we uh, sing together as we pray the Lord's Prayer. Leaving this sanctuary, this safe place where we worship together, go out those doors, take the twins with you, make a difference in the world. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now the big ending, Hank Williams, I Saw the Light. <laughs> 